Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. for another Sunday. Thank you that we can come into your presence. Thank you that we can worship freely and openly. Thank you for freedom of worship. We are grateful. It is not so in some places. But we are grateful that even though we are not better than anyone, you have allowed us to have freedom of worship. Speak to us this Sunday. May it be another occasion to be blessed and to hear from you. Speak to the specific time of our lives and may it be well with us in Jesus name amen and amen find your bible this morning let us make our confession some of you are sitting down at the back I don't know why if you're carrying a child it's fine but apart from those carrying a child I don't know why you are sitting yes I don't understand we stand to start the service we stand to pray you cannot just do what you want hmm and if you're a child and you are too young, please go to the other, the children's service. But we have a confession to make. Did you bring your Bible? Uh, some people are still walking Bible free. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. 
never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Wow, the second Sunday of the year. How many of us have the feeling the year is running already? Hey! We're in the middle of January already. Are you aware? This is how it was last year. Before we were, we were looking at December. <laughs> but the Lord is helping us. Amen. It's my pleasure, when as I begin to just inform you that our annual, the first fast for the year, begins tomorrow. We are fasting from Monday the 15th to Sunday the 28th of January. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. This year we want to challenge you during this period of fasting apart from you just, you're going to do a liquid fast and a fruit fast. Liquids and fruits. Liquids and fruits. Now, if you are on medication, as some of you are, most of you are not, please do not stop your medication, but decide what your fast is going to be. Do you understand? There are several fasts outlined in the Bible. Most of you are not on medication. And if you are breastfeeding also, the baby is not fasting. So you decide. Do you understand why I say you decide? Do you know that if you decided that you were going to do Mashke from now to the 28th, it will be very difficult. It's also a fast. It's also a fast. Yeah. It's also a fast. And that's why I only prescribe it for those who are feeding, breastfeeding, so that the milk continues. I want you to push the nearest healthy young person by you. Tell them, it's not you I'm talking about. If you are 50 and below... You are going to drink liquids this next two weeks. And when you eat anything solid at all, it's fruits. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, the Bible has different kinds of fasts in it. And we want to just, a fast is good. But a fast that you do not pray. I would advise you not to even do it. We are praying four hours a day. Two hours in the morning online from 4 to 6 will be led by our powerful convener Bishop Eddie Fabian he's a, in fact his prayers are very nice we really enjoyed him last year you don't want to miss it amen and then in the evening from 5 to 7 we will be here and we'll be praying amen oh I said amen powerful the book for the fastest attempt great things. Well, is that right? No. Make full proof of your ministry. I beg your pardon. Make full proof of your ministry. You're going to be praying about a lot of things under that title. And I know that you and I, we will be blessed during this time. Amen. If you have any questions to ask, please make sure you, you ask them. Don't just exclude yourself. Is that okay? You know, it's very tempting when we say I'm going to fast, but don't just exclude yourself. Make sure that you do something. Hallelujah. Powerful. This afternoon, I'm going to be sharing a message entitled, It is a Great Thing to Serve the Lord. Because this is our year of working for the Lord. Film stars, thank you for giving us a lot of examples of things that we can do to serve the Lord. 
Hallelujah. It's a, it is a blessing. It's a blessing. Let's look at the scripture. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 says something. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. How many of us know that when you are born again, you've given your life to Christ, you see yourself as one who has risen with Christ? It is even what we enact during baptism, that you go down and you rise up with him. And it says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. And so, this is what we are trying to do, and we are saying we're going to serve God. Ask your neighbor, are you somebody who serves the Lord? <laughs> you see, if you are a carnal-minded person, it means that you only think about fleshly things. You can't think about spiritual things, you see. But that's a loss. Take me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. There's a very interesting scripture there. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know, the thing that is most affected by your spirituality is your mind. It's your mind. <clears throat> affected or not, it's your mind. Hallelujah. You know, many things influence your mind. We are just at the beginning of a new academic year. Many of you are students in school. What is being primarily affected is your mind. People come into a place, they don't know they are left from their right, and after something has happened, something has been put into their mind for, four, for six years, they declare that they are medical doctors that you and I go and see. Uh -huh. They declare that they are engineers, and they will build a building that you and I will sit under and pray that it doesn't collapse on top of you. <laughs> Based on what? The mind is what is put in the mind. So that's how it is in the physical realm. So also, the spiritual realm affects the mind. When you see somebody unable to tithe, it's not that he doesn't earn money. It's not that he doesn't believe in God. It's his mind that's working in a certain way. So your spirituality affects first and foremost your mind. Wow. Are you now? Um, there's a scripture I'm thinking about. Mm. Let me see Second Corinthians chapter ten. Let me see verse three. Let me see verse four. You know, sometimes the thing just vanishes from your mind. Go to four, uh, five. Good, that's it. Okay, let's take it from verse 3. Look at something. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So your flesh can't do shelling. Those of you who are there, when you are praying, you want to box the devil. I don't know what you are trying to do. <laughs> but mighty through God, the, our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Then look at verse 5. So in your, you, in your warfare, in your war against the enemy, look at, what, look at it. Casting down imaginations. There's something in your head. It's in your mind. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, still in the mind. 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's in your mind. When the enemy wants to fight you, he starts in your mind. In your mind. Yeah. In your mind. If he can get you to think he's fearful, he has scored one. If he can get you to think he has all power, he has got you two. If he can get you to think that he knows everything that you think and do, he has got you number three. It's in your mind. Are you there? That's why this is a spiritual warfare verse. Or oh, you have not been reading it. It says, casting down imaginations. What you are imagining? Yeah. Are you there? And many of us do not serve God because of what is in our mind. Many things affect the mind. There's another interesting scripture. Do you like scriptures? Me, I like the scriptures because when I find the scripture, that settles it. We will not debate anymore. We will not quarrel anymore. We will not, yeah, I've seen the scripture, you know. So, Ephesians 5.18. Some of you, when you see the scripture, then you say, put put the Bible aside. You are in trouble. (laughs) Look at something. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This scripture is a very interesting one. Why are we talking about drunkenness and the filling of the Spirit in the same scripture? Why? Why? Both affect the mind. When you drink, (laughs) why do you think people drink? Because it tastes nice. It's not a lie. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. But the drinking, as you are drinking, your mind is being affected. So if you are Mr. Fierro, you are afraid of everything, as you are drinking, you put down your inhibitions. And suddenly there you are, walking around, and you don't mind that you are naked. It's affected your mind. So also, when we are spiritual, your spirituality is shown by your mind. Sorry, I almost said your spirituality or the lack of it thereof is shown by your mind. (laughs) How you think. Some people are not agreeing with me, so let me bring one scripture. When I bring scripture, you to bring your scripture to show me that I'm wrong. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, one of my favorite verses in this life because it was there I began to find my deliverance. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Of your spirit. Of your flesh. The renewing of your mind. So yes, I am born again. My spirit is born again. But if I'm going to overcome in this life, Something must happen to affect my mind. You see, by the renewing of your mind. Now, if you are in a church, you can be in church and you can serve God with all your heart. And you can suffer in life and die and go to hell, eh, to heaven. Mm. When you get to heaven, you see all the things that were yours that never came. Then you start asking questions that, ah, but I was asking for this thing in, 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 on earth. 
Why didn't it come? Because of your mind. So it is yours. You are born again. It's ready. But your mind is not allowing. Your mind is not allowing. And one of the greatest triumphs the devil has is to say to you that you are in possession of your future and that you and what you do is what will determine whether you prosper or not. How is it possible that somebody who cannot tell us what is going to happen at 2 p.m. today, you know what will happen in your life? How is it possible? 2 p.m. today, just hours away. Some two hours, something, something is always past 12, two hours. You can't tell. You cannot tell. You cannot tell. So if you don't know what will happen at 2 p.m. today that is already here, is it what will happen 24th September 2025 that you know? No, no, I just said that. You see, I will beat you right now. I don't know who's mind that one. Some people, they deserve kings. You see. You want to reduce the No. Just understand something. Because I'm about to It is your mind, our mind's inability to take that scripture that has led to a lot of difficulty for us. Uh-huh. In our mind. a Christian struggler in some way. Remember, it's your mind. It's your mind. Are you in the church? Recently, I went to do a certain When I did it, I told God that, Lord, this is the first and last time that I will ever be in this machine. (laughs) Because I was alive, but it was telling me that I'm not alive. Are you there? In my mind, the feeling was like you are dead. The feeling was like you are in a coffin. I, I, look, hey, don't you know when you are alive? Hey, the church is very quiet. I said, do you not know? Please ask your neighbor, are you alive? Do you know that you are alive? Hey. I've been watching this machine on, uh, in films. <laughs> Then it was my chance to go and check something. So I said, okay. I don't know what test in this world they need 20 minutes to do, but okay. Let's check it out and see. <laughs> so I went inside. When they closed the thing, I said, hey, I can't be here for 20 minutes. <laughs> I cannot be here in this thing that feels like a coffin for 20 minutes. Then I told my mind, no, but we are still alive. Then the thing started its test. What they did not tell me is that as you are lying there, the thing slips you inside further and further. Are you there? I'm talking about the mind. (laughs) So it will do its noises, do its things, then it will slip you a little further. Then I realized, ah, it's a cycle. Okay, so this noise, then this one. Okay, it's a cycle. Then at a point, I said, Lord, if it slips me in one more millimeter, I will scream. That, let me out of here! Let me out of here! <laughs> Are you in the church? You see, what I'm trying to say is that I'm just showing you something about the power of the mind. The mind did not like that feeling. I was alive 
There was nothing wrong. I was okay. We are just checking this thing, which I've also agreed. Let's check. But as we went inside there, the mind said, hey, this thing feels like a coffee no. Hey. Meanwhile, the mantle, you cannot move. If you enter for these 20 minutes, to make it worse, they put your hands like you see there. <laughs> Have you seen what they do to the, the corpses when they are just as they put it, don't move. I said, hey, my nose is itching. <laughs> but you know, it just let me see something. That if the mind can accept that this thing is for a few minutes, then it's over. You'll be okay. So I became okay by telling myself, you see, if you scream, eh, it'll start again. So let's take the few more minutes, few more minutes, few more minutes. See, the mind. Hallelujah. The mind. Tell me about the mind. So this afternoon, I'm going to read a scripture to you that I pray that you are able to receive it and accept it with your mind. Amen? Because if you are able to accept it, you see, when I said I'm coming to talk about it, it's a great thing to serve the Lord. You agreed in principle. But whether your actions and behaviors, that's how we'll know whether you really believe it. Matthew 6. I don't know if you read your Bible this morning, so we'll start from verse 20, 25. Matthew 6, I'm starting from verse 25. Are you ready for the scripture? Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Is this a scripture or is it not a scripture? Is it in your Bible? It's not in your Bible. So how come you're complaining that you're broke? How come you are thinking of going for a loan? How come you are thinking that unless you travel abroad, you can't prosper? I mean, how come? And they are saying this thing so that won't go abroad. Who told you? 
<laughs> so I never go cry. It's not no, no, no. I'm just asking you a question that I want you to answer in all honesty. That's why I started talking to you about your mind. Did you notice it says, take no thought what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Is that not what is preoccupying us? What we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, <laughs> where we will sleep. <laughs> but in verse 33, the scriptures give us the master key to prosperity. Seek first the kingdom. Seek it first. It's something that God is telling us. That change your thinking from the thinking of how the world is. The world has its own system. The system of the world demands that you worry. The system of the world demands that you, you do a number of things. But this is not what God is saying. Seek first the kingdom. If you want to do well as a believer, seek first the kingdom. Hey, hmm. The church is very quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. In other words, serve him first. And the things you are looking for and the things you are sweating for will be added. You know, sometimes when we take testimonies in church, we're just trying to let you see how God has answered people in church. It does not mean you don't go through, go through hardship. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh, it happens. Or it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, one, one difficulty, you know, you have, you have, what, blown up your life. Oh, how? <laughs> but what does it mean <clears throat> to seek him, to seek him, to serve him? What does it mean? Let me give you three or four things. It means to seek his interests. Yeah. To seek his interests. It means to contribute to promote him. That's what it means when you are serving somebody. You contribute to promoting him. It means to be useful to the person. My question for you this afternoon is whether you are useful to God. It means to be obedient to the person's wishes. That's what God is requiring of us. He has set up so many things there for us to, that's what we are using, that's what we are, we are that's trying to help us and we're trying to understand what does he expect of us. He's expecting you to seek his interest. So even in your seeking to do something, let's say you, you are seeking a job, how is that job going to affect God, the interest of God? Can I still do what I was doing for him or not? I keep on meeting people who after they've taken the decision now it has closed off all doors to serving God then you are now coming to ask me a question. What am I supposed to do for you? Are you in the house? You made a choice. You decide that you want to go and work in the mines. Somebody wrote to me was a very long WhatsApp. <laughs> Said that oh as he's working in the mines he works straight 21 days. 21 days solid. Then he has the next one week off. Then he asked me, so he's just wondering. 
<laughs> what he can do for God. I said, you should have asked that question before. Now that you are in it, I, I don't know what you want me to say. What should I say? That now that they're expecting you at work Saturdays and they should say you won't go. I, I'm asking you a question. Like, why are you all looking at me like that today? You say you want to marry. The person you were going to marry does not believe in God. You are finished marrying. Now the person said, don't come to church. You are now asking me what you should do. You should have asked yourself that question. Before you said yes, not after. That's the meaning of the seek first the kingdom. Seek his interest. What I do for him, can I do it? If I marry this woman, can it work? If I marry this man, can it work? Recently, I told somebody, I said, you want to marry the guy. The person cannot bring himself to church. <laughs> Is it you he will allow to go to church? It's obvious. So don't come and start singing songs I'm in love. It's just a state of mind, even your love. You don't believe me. You don't believe me that it's a state of mind. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask the guys here. How many of you have very good-looking sisters? Can I see your hand? Very good-looking. Beautiful. Have you ever felt like sleeping with her? You see, even the thought to you is an abomination. Let me ask the sisters. How many of you have some really jet brothers? Very good-looking. Good-looking brothers. Have you ever felt like sleeping with them? Ah, but is that not a gorgeous girl? Is it not the shape, everything in the right place? How come you've not felt like, let me tell you, your mind has told you, you don't sleep with sisters. It's not because physically speaking, the, no, 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 the physical is working. But your mind, he says here, on this, we don't do this. So we don't have people falling in love with their sister or brother. It's the mind. That falling in love that you come and tell us this is because of what you have been watching. Oh. That's why you are not even walking into it, but you are falling. God has told you that Charlie love. When it comes, it comes like a disease that you cannot prevent. It's like a virus that has entered you. You can't control yourself. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm talking to some people. It's a state of mind. Amen. So as you are going to do the thing, ask yourself the question. Now what is it? What effect is it going to have on God? That doesn't mean you cannot change. Like sometimes you're going through something, you can change what you do. Like I like to tell mothers, I tell them, listen, as you are having your babies, you're going through a season in your life, it may not be the time when some things can work, but something else. So you just change what you are doing. But you, you have gone to take some job there, quarter, you have gone to my quarter, we cannot pass left, right, there's no, no maneuvering. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Are you in the house? Life in itself will change what you do. All these dancing stars that you see them dancing like this. There are some people, I don't want to look at their faces or call their names. The, the dancing stars are here. There are some people on this side of the room, they used to be dancers. Right now, if they try, it will not work. <laughs> ah, 
Have I called any name here? I didn't call any name. I just said the dancers there on that side, over there. And I said some people from this side. <laughs> you see, because life has moved on, some things have changed. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. So I am not saying you don't change what you do for the Lord. Sometimes the circumstances change it. Something changes. But what I'm saying is that, but you seek first. The first thing you look at is, what is it going to require? What is it going to God's interests, are they affected negatively by this thing I plan to do? Am I still going to be able to stand for God? You know how you can do some things. If, for instance, you go and take your job as a bartender in a nightclub, can I still, in that place, seek the... <laughs> I don't like trouble. <laughs> Let me just laugh to myself. I don't like trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> they are saying some people where they live cry. You can't even. No, you see, so that is the reason for some of the changes that come in your life as you are trying to follow the Lord. You realize that no, this and this, they don't go. Sometimes you realize, I realize that my friends, it doesn't go. I have to change my friendships because this and this, it doesn't go. They'll persecute my life. Why should I stay where somebody who is my classmate will persecute my life over my decision to serve God? Ah, then I think we cannot walk. The Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? We are no longer agreeing. Hmm. Hallelujah. So I want to quickly just read some scriptures today to encourage you and to show you two examples of people who followed God. Amen? And how it affected their lives. And the first one, the, the two examples this Sunday, I'm taking two examples from the Old Testament. Next week I'll try to give you some others. But the Old Testament, I like the examples there because the New Testament is very short. It says very little about the lives of people, the private lives. It's more in the Old Testament that you see those things about the private life. But let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 26. I want to take you to the story of a guy who at the age of 16 became a king over people. If you remember how you were at the age of 16. I don't know whether you could even rule your own life, let alone the life of your family, let alone the life of your area, let before you now think of the life of your region, then a whole nation. But this guy at the age of 16, he suddenly found himself becoming a king. But look at something. I'm reading from verse 3 to 5. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it there? As long as he sought the Lord. If you come and you ask me the question, what is the connection between following God and prosperity? It would be very difficult to explain it. But the Bible says that that is it. That as he followed God, it was God 
who made him to prosper. And we have been in this church and we have seen all kinds of strange things happening as God called people to prosper, caused people to prosper. I don't know how you can change your CWA by nine points. Usually it is by one or two. But we have been here and seen people who have gone up by 18 points, by 11 points, by nine points, by 12 points. Are you in the house? Things that defy the mind. I am still thinking about El Piaquele's miracle. Eh? Rent, 19,500 to 3,000. Please, if you have an explanation, maybe you will want to write it for us next week. But it is God. God has called. And the man told her. The man kept on saying, it is your God. Your God that is speaking. It is your God. Yeah. Are you in the house? So God made him, for as long as he served him, God made him prosper. Hallelujah. Are you in the house? Yeah. The next one, let's continue. Right in the second Chronicles, we're just looking at what happened to this man who was following God. Take us to verse 8. The Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. It doesn't even make sense. The Ammonites were against people. But they brought him gifts. Part of his following God. You see, some of us who are here, nobody has given you a gift before. Yeah. It's only that we come to. Nobody asks, have you had a gift before? Have you not? But it is true of some people. But as you follow God, are you there? Yeah. As you follow him, you will see that even to me, the Ammonites represent unexpected people. People who you don't expect it from, suddenly, they are remembering you. Suddenly, they are bringing you a gift. Are you in the house? Look at the next thing that happened to him. His name spread abroad. Please ask your neighbor, who knows you? You can be working for 26 years in the same organization. The only people who know you are the people in the same building with you in the same department. <laughs> but this man, the Bible says his name spread abroad. When I read the scripture, I was thinking to myself that our father is an, an excellent example of this. If he was called Dr. Dag Heward Mills, they'll know him in Kolebu. And a few patients will know him. But by giving his all to God, he's known everywhere. 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 One, his greatest problem in this life is that I can't go anywhere alone. If he has planned to go alone, cry. If we see it, we'll be there. <laughs> Are you there? So here's his name spread abroad. And even those who work in the house here, have you not been surprised at a point where your name is mentioned somewhere and somebody says, I know, you're like, ah. Really? And it's just because you are just doing something for the Lord. His name spread abroad. Why? It was one of his benefits. I don't know about you, but you see, when your name is spread abroad, it's a way of saying, saying that you are famous. And I can tell you a lot of things famous people do not do. Famous people, they don't queue. Famous people, they don't queue. Whether it's Kelewele queue, or it's a queue in the bank, or it's a queue at a VIP. They don't queue. <laughs> How many of you are here? I've gone to VIP before, and somebody has made you 
cross yesterday. You were VIP. Then somebody said, hey, next week Sunday we have to hear the testimony. No, but it's real. It's real. Are you in the church? Yeah. And it is just one of those things. You see, you're not, some people are even working to get fame. It's hard work. Go and ask Taylor Swift and these people. Do you, they work very hard, though. They can go on a tour 60 days, singing every day, performing every day. It is not a joke at all. You cannot be sick. You cannot have a, look, if you have a running stomach, they'll drag you out so that you can perform. If you have a headache, you can, it's very hard work. For some, meanwhile, the small fame that you have, if you make a mistake, if you just make a mistake and say one thing you shouldn't say, bing, 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 bam. Yeah. Not so with the fame that is from God. Hallelujah. Another thing that happened with this guy, look at it. He strengthened himself exceedingly. You see, he was a king. And when you are 16 years old, the truth is that almost anybody can rise up and topple you from the, yeah, from the, from the chair. I mean, the army can just wake up and say, we don't know, we don't want to be ruled by children. No, they have cleared you from there. Your uncles and your family, they can also come together and say that, ah, how can we be here as grown men with evidence of our hard work and this child is on the seat. But just because he kept following God, the Bible says he strengthened himself. He sat on the seat. He stayed there till he died. He was on that seat till he was an old man, 50-something years later. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Some of you, the job that you have, you are fighting for position. Fight to serve God. The position you are fighting for, it will be given to you. And I know people in this church, Charlie, the reason why they have a lot of enemies is that they are, they are being blessed by, and people don't understand. By this time, you should have come down. Me, I'm not coming down. Let's continue to verse 9. I'm just showing you the things that followed somebody who decided that he was all out for God. It says, he built towers in Jerusalem. Hey, ask your neighbor, have you built a place for the chickens in your house to stay? Chicken coop, chicken coop, or the goats in the house. You will see that it is something. If you turn back, you see that they are just building. The thing they are building over there is only the store to contain the cement. And now, since uh, we started when? Friday night. We are on Sunday. They are still building. Are you there? But this guy built towers. As you follow God, I'm seeing some young men who build houses. Oh, yes. Young ladies, you own your own house. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But not only that. It says that he built in the desert. The desert, it stands for a place that such things don't happen. Dry place, not nice, not easy. There isn't even any water. When you want to mix your cement, cry, you won't get water. That's where this guy went to build. Yeah, that's where he went to build. Are you in the house? Verse 11. He had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands. I want to ask you, who will defend you? If something is rising up against you, who will defend you? Hey, you are very quiet, though. Who will defend you? Yeah. You see, as you work and you serve God, 
you will find out that people rise up to defend you very easily. People rise up to sort you out very easily. They just need to hear that, oh, you are in a certain need. Before you have a chance, cry, they have sorted you out. Yeah. I remember many years ago, one of our bishops, something happened to the son's back. When they brought the bill to recover, I mean, why if you don't have a back, you can't walk. When they brought the bill, at that time, 54,000 Ghana cities. <laughs> at that time. Even now, it's hard. It's wild. At that time. At that time. At that time, the dollar was around three cities. Hey! That now is 12. So we have to multiply the thing by four. It's like saying today, 200,000. Are you there? Yeah. Who will fight for you? Who will fight for you? And when the father was chale, this thing, I need to rescue my son, but I don't know how. That was when the fighting men, do you understand when I say fighting men? The forces rose up before the father could even say what? Hey, they have sorted. Yeah. Yeah. And it was directly linked to his service for the Lord. If it were you, That's why you should just, just serve him. He will sort you out. Tell your neighbor, he will sort you out. Hallelujah. Now, I particularly like verse 15. Because in verse 15, not only did he have a lot of men, but they said, he made in Jerusalem angels invented by cunning men. Wow. Inventions. So it's not today. Nowadays, we do as if we are the only people who are holding things made by people. But even at that time, he had people who were making things. Amen. You know, we take it for granted that a plane, it will go and come. But you need to enter and see. You, with your, look at your weight, your one self, when you jump up, you come down. And there are 300 of you in one box with their baggage and if they are Ghanaians, it's always overweight. I need somebody to do quick math for us. 300, the average weight of a human being is 70 kilos. 300 times 70, that's 21,000. So 21,000, that's 2.1 tons. Now, each person is allowed 46 kilos. So I need 46 times 300. Fast, fast, fast. 8, carry 1, 138,000. My head is faster than your hands on your computer. <laughs> 13.8 tons. You are all SHS babies. <laughs> so you add some 13.8 tons to the at uh, what? 20. No, it was was it 21? Yeah, 21 tons. 21 plus 13. 43 tons up there. Before the weight of the plane itself, a plane, you see, when you look at it from far, it looks small. When you put it down on the ground, it is about two or three buildings high. Yes, I don't know the weight. What's the likelihood that it can fly? When you, 100 kilos, you go and come down. With the inventions, somebody has made it fly. Somebody has made it fly. When you're on it, you can go to the washroom. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat 
You can sleep. You can watch films. It used to be that everybody is watching one film. Now it's one man, one film. You watch what you want. Hey. It's a witty invention that somebody has done. But this king who followed God, he had his own people. His own, his own people doing his witty inventions. May God give us wisdom and creativity. They'll like you because they'll be saying that yours is better. Yours. We have people who trained and went to do other courses. They, today, they are employed to do graphics. That's not their training. More than one. I can think immediately of three people like that. And they are paid good money. Hey, is that young man asleep? Please, we don't sleep in this church. You see, they are friends. Two of them with their eyes down. They should go and sit in the kindergarten. We don't do that here, please. We don't do that here. Hallelujah. Verse 15, the end of verse 15 says, He was marvelously helped until he was strong. As you follow God, may he appoint people to marvelously help you. People to strengthen you. People to fight your battles for you. People to surround you and help you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The only reason why all this was happening to King Uzziah was that he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. This year we are seeking the Lord. We are working for him. Oh, I said we are seeking the Lord and we are working for him. I hope by now you found what you can do. And there are different people doing different things. Hey, some of the things is only when you reach somewhere that you know. When you become a bridegroom, that's when you know that there are some people, they, are, they will organize your bachelor's night for you. Hey, how do they do it? Me, I'm here, I don't know, but they do. <laughs> are you in the church? You say, what is the use of that? You see, when you don't understand, they are all contributions to happiness. That's the use of that. Yeah, that's the use of that. Mm. You are too serious. <laughs> are you in church? Hallelujah. And the second and last example I want to give you, just a short example, is David. David. David went through a lot of things. But look at what he says in Psalm 34, verse 8 to 10. This was somebody all out for God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. You are here, you are in want. This is your scripture. If you can allow your mind to accept it, that I am in want, not because of the economy of Ghana, but because of how I have walked with my God. If you can allow your mind to accept it, then God can also begin to direct you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so, priest, are you saying that will not work again? Hey. As for working, it's part of the castle. It's part of our, our life sentence. You work. But as you notice, you work and you sweat. And, I'm af- and unfortunately, you do not get your wealth by the dimensions of your sweat. You can sweat. And in fact, maybe those who sweat more cry get less. Oh, it's real. Oh. If they ask you to dig a trench right now, what you are paid, I mean, I don't even think it covers the water and the food you need to replenish your strength. Yeah. But look at what he's saying. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. 
is this not the same David of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. Many of us are in want, and we are in want because the Lord is not our shepherd. We are being shepherded by the economic policies of, I don't want to mention names. But today, I just want to say to you, let us turn our minds to God. Our solution is in him. And as we become his servants, and as we do things for us, he too is also going to stand up on our behalf and help us through. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? I want you to take the scripture as it is and believe the scripture as it is. And may it be said of us one day, as it was said of Uzziah, that for as long as we followed the Lord, he caused us to prosper. Stand to your feet this afternoon. You just want to pray for yourself. Pray for your heart. Lord, help me to follow you from my heart. Maybe you are in church and you find church very boring. I want you to talk to God about it. He's the one who can change it. Just talk to the Lord for a few minutes. The service is coming to a close, but you want to just turn your mind to the Lord. And you want to just say, Lord, have mercy on me here. Have mercy on Help me, me to serve you. Help me to serve Help me you. to find what I will do in your house. Help me to find what I'll do in your house. There are people in this house, you never see them on the stage, but you don't know what they do. Some people, when we need to go and sort out some things, we send them. They go. They take their face and go and negotiate. Yeah. You may never know. But you too, find something to do. Don't be without anything. Help me, Lord. Father, help us. Give us wisdom. Give us a desire to serve you all the days of our life. The scripture says, can you lengthen your hair by one cubit from your thinking? The answer is no. It is the serving of God that helps. May he take away our worries. In the mighty name of Jesus. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you are here this afternoon, you've not given your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to him in order to begin to experience what we are talking about. You want to give your life to him, just lift your right hand up where you are. It's just a simple, straightforward prayer that will take you and place you in the kingdom of heaven. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just lift it. Just lift your hand. And if you want to pray that prayer, just come to me. I want to lead you to pray. Just come to me. You lifted your hand. They are saying, I'm not sure my name is written in the book of life. Don't worry about it. Just come. They are saying, I also, I want to profit from the Lord. Come to me. Don't be shy. Everybody here has had to do it. Just come. Just come. If, you're, if there's any doubt in your mind at all, just come. If you're not sure, should my time be up? I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven or where I'm going. Just come. Just come. You have time. So come. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Your heart is beating somewhere. You want to come. Because that is the Lord telling you, you need to go and sort it out. Let us pray. Those of you in front, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're in the congregation, help us. You want to say, Lord Jesus. Or pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me from my sins. Cleanse me. Please write my name in the book of life.
Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. For Thank you for these ones who have come to place their lives in your hand. I pray that as they walk with you, that you watch over them, keep them, help them, prosper them. In Jesus' name, amen Jesus and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-E-D-S-E. God richly bless you.